Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the authority and the power of your presence in this place. Let this word be alive and effective for this season and this time in our lives, Lord, and especially for this season that we find ourselves in upon planet Earth. Even as nations are raging and, and things, are, <clears throat> things are developing, Lord, in this season, and we know that we are heading into even greater challenges in the days and years ahead. We thank you, Lord, that you are preparing us. You are preparing your people and your bride. So, Lord, let this word be very impactful tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read to you just a couple verses out of Matthew 25. Thank you, Cody. Thank you so much. And then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who they took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, remember, who is saying this? This is the red letters. Who's saying this? Thank you, church. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Wow. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were Say it, ready. Ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch. Therefore, for you, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. <clears throat> Before we just jump into John 15, I felt like this is kind of where I wanted to start building and flowing tonight. Lamps have to be filled. Lamps have to be prepared and ready. Wicks have to be trimmed. Lamps have to be filled with oil to keep burning. Why is it necessary to have lamps? Why is it necessary to have lamps? When is it required to have lamps burning? In the darkness. In the darkness. So as Isaiah said, he said, I, he said, darkness will cover the earth, even deep or gross darkness, the people, but the glory of the Lord shall arise and be seen upon you. And we're in a time right now 
It's no surprise, and we've talked about it many times, where darkness is upon the face of the nations and upon the people. We have to be ever burning before the Lord. As we minister unto the Lord and we come in here, what happens is, is we're not a church that is being built just to minister to the needs of the people. We are a church that is being built by the Lord Jesus Christ to minister first and foremost unto Him and move as the ecclesia in the power of the Spirit to loose the kingdom of God in the earth. What we did tonight in our prayer time as we've come together and we access the throne of God, we release and we declare the heart of God. We decree His intentions. We, we loose the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly, that is the reason we are supposed to come together. Every day, every day, you and I are supposed to be fueling and feasting on the Lord. We're supposed to be eating of the Lord and drinking of the Lord Himself. So that when, when we come here, we're not depleted. We, we come sharp. We come ready. We come tanked. Amen? We come, we come overflowing. I have a friend that says that you never measure fullness by full. You measure fullness by overflow. Isn't that a good word? You measure fullness by overflow. So when we come together here, this is where we access the throne of God. And this is also where we fuel up on fresh oil so that our lamp, the lamp of our spirit, and the lamp of our life and our souls can be continually burning and bright, alert, aware, right? So that it's regal. It's ever crisp. We stay crisp. We, we stay sharp. We stay ever burning before the Lord. The Bible describes Jesus as, in heaven as the one who walks be, between the lampstands before the throne of God. I've told you... Many times, well, many times. Our church is seven months old tonight, so I've told you a few times. Seven months. Come on. But I, I always imagine the Lord coming in and sitting down in one of our seats as I talk about Him, and He just smiles at me as I share about His glory and who He really is. But I always imagine the Lord walking amongst us as His candlesticks. Can you receive that prophetic word tonight? I always imagine the Lord walking amongst us who are the burning candlesticks of the heart of God in the earth. Can you see that picture tonight? And I see the Holy Spirit filling us up with fresh oil so that we stay ever burning, ever glowing. Amen. So that our wicks are trimmed. They're prepared. The oil has been filled up. And the fire of the Holy Spirit can be ever burning upon us. Amen? You receive that? Let's go to John 15. John 15. Something I wanted to say tonight is, is we access the throne and we begin to pray for our, mili our military, our president, our governmental leaders. Is I want to encourage you, and you might want to just write this in your notes, to say, Holy Spirit, remind me to pray for our military and our military families at all times. Let the, let the Lord increase your prayer mantle, your prayer assignment to enlarge itself, to increase, to pray for our government, to pray for, obviously for our president, for our leaders, but to pray 
We're to give continual support. We're to give continual honor for our military. And boy, how they need it right now. Amen. So in John 15, um, this is just such an epic chapter. And let's, let's read together. I am the true vine. This, again, we're in the red letters. So who, who's saying this? Yes, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I love that, that God's dream for our lives is us to be just ever excessively bearing forth fruitfulness, amen? And he brings pruning forth so that we keep growing and maturing and bearing fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now let your mind tonight be renewed to that word right there. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Let your mind be renewed to that. Without the Lord... We can do nothing. And the church said, okay, half the church said, amen. Well, that was, you're warming up. Come on. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. <laughs> that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, that he lay down one's life for his friends. You are. My friends, if you do what I command you. Now, that's powerful, isn't it? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? It's one of the most epic chapters in all the New Testament. Powerful. Write down a question tonight. You're taking notes. Am I healthy? Am I healthy? 
What does it mean to be healthy? I want to ask that question tonight. What does it mean to be healthy? This is what it means. It means, I looked it up, possessing good health, conducive to good health, indicative, listen to these words, indicative of sound, sound, rational thinking or frame of mind, a healthy attitude, sizable or considerable. So let's listen to what it means to be unhealthy. Anybody want to hear this? <laughs> it means being in a state of ill health or sick, characterized by or symptomatic of being ill, causing or conducive to poor health, unwholesomeness, harmful to character or moral health. Corruptive, characterized by, listen, disturbed mental health. To be unhealthy means this, to be risky in your nature or dangerous. Wow. Wow. That just preached. <laughs> that just preached. Risky in nature or dangerous. One of the things that my wife and I consistently pray over our lives, over our children, coming into their mid-teen years, we always pray this and teach them to pray this, Lord, bring in healthy relationships into my life, healthy life-giving relationships, nourishing relationships, relationships that replenish, amen? We pray that over our children. We pray that over our life. Lord, bring us into life-giving, nourishing, healthy relationships. And we also pray this. Lord, keep us from dangerous relationships. Dangerous relationships that would steal from us, harm us, bring any kind of ambush or manipulation. Are you with me? Dangerous relationships. That, now, that's important. To pray for healthy relationships. You know, if you watch enough news, <laughs> your mental health can get disturbed. <laughs> I was talking to a friend this morning. He said, this is like the Nixon era on steroids. <laughs> if you watch enough news, man, that coffee's good. Shandai. Hallelujah. <laughs> Rushka. Ha ha. If you watch enough news, you can get disturbed. You can. Your, your mental health can get so taxed on tilt. You can get so skewed that it can actually become a very unhealthy place for you to be. And I want to encourage you, do not feast on the news. Be informed. Hear this tonight. Be well informed, but do not feast on the news. Be well informed, but feast yourself on the Lord. Eat and drink of the Lord continually, abiding in the Lord, staying in the Lord, listening to the Lord, receiving out of the Holy Ghost every day so that you stay spiritually healthy. You stay spiritually sound. Your mind is sound. You stay spiritually fit and alert. Can you receive that tonight? 
The question is tonight, are you spiritually healthy? Are you, are you spiritually sound? Where are you abiding? Are you rightly connected to the vine? You know, people can be connected to a church and be withering. People can be connected to a church and withering. It's not about being connected to a church. It's about being connected to Christ himself. He said, I am the vine. You are the branch. All your nutrients, all your strength, everything that you need comes from abiding in me, being rightly attached and engaged in covenant relationship with me. I am your secret source of power. It's where it's at. And he says, the, the apostle writes the words of Jesus. He said, to be spiritually healthy, number one, you're going to abide in the vine. He said, number two, you're going to begin to bear fruit. Number three, you're going to begin to walk in love. And number four, your joy is going to be full. I want that to be my testimony. <laughs> I want people to go, wow, he's bearing fruit. Wow, she's bearing fruit. She's walking in love. He's walking in the love of God. And his joy is full. And you measure fullness by his joy is overflowing. Their lives are just overflowing when they look at you, they see the Lord. They see Christ because you've been eating and drinking and abiding in the heart of God. You haven't been eating and drinking on dead religion. You've been eating and drinking of the Lord himself. Amen? He said you're going to bear fruit. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. You're going to bear fruit. I like to say it like this, fruit is literally the very nature or character of Christ himself. You begin to look like the Lord. You begin to smell like the Lord. You just, you spread his fragrance everywhere you go. When people see you, they see the face of the Lord. They see the kiss of God. They see the shine of the Lord upon you. And how does it happen? It doesn't happen just by having a bunch of people pray for you. Or lay hands on you until you go bald. It happens by just spending quality time with the Lord every day. Abide with me. Just stay with me. Linger with me. Move with me. Walk with me. Listen to me. Let me lead you. Let me feed you. Let me give you drink to sustain you. Stay with me. That's what the Spirit of God says. Just stay with me. Abide with me. And he says... As we abide in the vine, as we're plugged into the Lord, we begin to bear this fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is, Galatians 5.22. And the fruit of the Spirit is, it is what? It is love. And it is joy. Peace. Ha <laughs> ha. Peace. Patience. And kindness. And goodness. Faithfulness. It's gentleness. And self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What, is, what does that mean? It means when you have these things, no restrictions are required. Does that make sense? If, if you bear fruit like this, no restrictions are required. 
See, in our Christian life, we're not bound by restriction. We are literally bound by love. If you've been delivered from the law, then what are you bound to? Love. We're not bound by our restrictions. We're bound by the love of our Father, a covenant love, where He says, you didn't love me. I first loved you. I first, and I chose you because I adored you, and I loved you, and I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I've ordained you, and I've called you to bear fruit. And I want your fruit to be peace, and I want it to be joy, and I want it to be faithfulness. I want it to be goodness. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, verse 24, they have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited or provoking and envying each other. Now, that's just a good word right there. And the church said, amen. I remember many years ago, it may have been a handful of years ago, the Lord said to me that one of the greatest manifestations of the glory of God resting on our lives would be peace. One of the greatest revelations of the glory of God in this hour on the earth is walking in the peace of God. This week I was watching some videos early in the week concerning what was going on in Syria. And I, my wife and I follow a ministry that is there and they go through the northern border of Israel and they, they break across into Syria and they serve these, these people in the midst of hell. And they bring in these doctors and they bring in these nurses and those with humanitarian aid and as I listened to one of the nurses, my friend Chris from CBN News, he said, how do you go in so bold and so courageously into the battlefield and the war zone of Syria and serve these Muslim people? She said, the peace of God just calms me and holds me and the peace of God protects me. They showed videos of her making amputations of legs and sewing up little children and taking care of children being attacked with chemical warfare and all of these things. And I, I watched this team going into the midst of hell with the peace of God upon them. Let me tell you what that is. That's the glory. That's the glory. I don't want to break away from this too soon. We cry and whimper too much in the body of Christ. We say we've got it hard. We complain a lot. And if the Lord were able, was, was able to give us a very strong commission into a thick darkness, I wonder who would rise up and really say yes to go in and invade that darkness and be a burning torch. We've got to grow 
And we've got to mature to a place where we're able to hear the Lord and commission us to go invade the darkness. How are we going to do it? Because our lamps are going to be lit. Our lamps are going to be burning. We're going to be filled with fresh oil continually. And if you abide with the Lord, you will, you will be able to say, yes, yes. Amen? Come on. Come on. Hmm. The word abide, this is what it means. You might want to write it down tonight. Abide. It means to wait patiently for. I love this. Abide means to wait patiently for. Here's a great prophetic picture for you. The word abide means to withstand. To withstand. To remain in a place. Continue to be steadfast and firm. It means to stay and to dwell. I love when you, when you read in the book of Acts, it says that the disciples, the apostles, they were being persecuted. And the cities that they were going into, the people there were wanting to drive them out, especially the Jewish leaders and the Sanhedrins. And they would come against them and they would spread every vile lie that they could to shut down the apostles from flowing in the anointing and revealing Jesus. And you would think that, well, hey, man, they're just not receiving us. I mean, maybe we should just kick the dust off of our feet and just move on. I mean, Jesus gave us that instruction from time to time. You got to know, oh, Kenny Rogers. Wasn't it Kenny, Kenny Rogers? Come on, let me just preach. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away. And you got to know when to run. You got to count your money when you're sitting at the table. Okay, stop it. You got to know when to hold and fold. But I love in Acts, it says, the apostles, they knew they were under a lot of affliction and persecution. And it says that they came together and they decided, well, man, they're coming against us. Let's just plop down right here and let's not go anywhere and let's just start a riot or a revival. Let's just let them have it. And I love it. When the going gets rough. When there's turbulence, when there's opposition, that's the time when you should just flagrantly throw your head in the wind and say, hey, God may not calm this storm, but on the inside of me, he's holding me in his grip, and I am moving in his peace, and he will give me victory. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. I have met believers. I've met Christians. Hold on a second. I've met many Christians where I, I was so impressed by them, and I walked away going, my God, those people are powerful. They're consistent. They're faithful. They're pure. They're steadfast. They're powerful in God. They know who they are in God. They know their sons and daughters. But I've also met many Christians who, <laughs> whoa, 
Some of them, they're baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> they're just a poor representation of the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants us to be powerful. Can I just say that? The Lord wants us to be powerful. Mm. How are you going to abide in the Lord? If we were sitting together and I was just spending some pastoral time with you one-on-one, -on -one, I would say, well, do, do you just consistently spend time in the Word? Do you consistently spend time in the Word? Let's just start there. Do you consistently spend time and set time aside to worship the Lord? Just spend quality time worshiping the Lord. Do you spend consistently time deliberately to get away from, from the hustle and bustle of life to abide with the Lord? Do you deliberately neglect things in your life to just pull yourself away to be with the Lord? Many years ago, I was flying to Toronto, and I was reading about um, Josiah. Who's the, who's the violin player? Lindsey Sterling. Is your name Josiah? George, relax. I'm kidding. <laughs> Lindsey Sterling. That was good. <laughs> We're talking to each other tonight. Evidently, we're having conversation. So, Lindsay Sterling said, she was being interviewed. How many of you know who Lindsay Sterling is? She's just fabulous. My gosh, she's so gifted. And she, she was being interviewed, and they asked her, they said, how, how is it that you are, you're just so fabulous? And she said, it's, it's the nature of my practicing in rehearsal. She says, I actually practice something in my life called planned neglect. And that means I plan to neglect anything that would take me away from my time of practice and rehearsal of ever learning and growing. I plan to neglect anything or anyone that would take me away from my priority of practicing. Now, I love that concept of planned neglect. Like I wrote it in, I penciled it in, I made sure my schedule was right there. Does that hit you in a good spot? Yes, it does. Me too. So do you pull away? Are you deliberate in your life to, to unplug, you know, from feasting on the news to feasting on the Lord? Be informed. Be well informed. But again, do you pull away deliberately just to go for walks with the Lord, or shut yourself into your master bedroom, or sit out on your loft, or where, wherever you need to go daily to just spend quality time with the Lord. That's how you abide with Him. That's how you stay with Him. And that's where the secret source of power is found. That doesn't sound real deep and revelatory and sexy, does it? It doesn't sound like it. But I'm telling you, that's where the power's at. It's by being with the Lord. See, they recognized upon the apostles, they, they, the, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, they looked upon them and they marveled and they said, these are uneducated men. We just don't get it. How are they doing the things that they're doing? Yet the testimony of, in Acts says, but they knew they could tell that they had been with Jesus. They could tell these men had been with him. 
How was that? Because his very essence and very character and very nature was laid on top of them. And they began to look like him, sound like him, move like him, have authority like him, be gracious like him. They could see fruit. They could see fruit. They saw love. They saw kindness. They saw gentleness. Come on. They saw peace. They could stand before them in the midst of a brewing storm. And those, those men were in total peace. They weren't insecure. And they wouldn't bow down to a bunch of religious muck. I'm going to wrap it up here in just a minute, okay? Because you got to know when to... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Stay with me a few more minutes. Romans chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. It says to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. In verse 6, it says this. It says, because of the life of the Spirit yields these two things. It, yield, it yields forth life and say the next word, peace. It yields forth life and peace. Romans 8, 5, and 6. When you set, did I say, what I say? Romans 8, sorry. Romans 8. Let me get my Bible right. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. When you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, it yields forth this. It yields forth life. And it yields forth peace. Peace. And this is where I want to land this tonight. And I've got probably two and a half more pages of notes, but this is where I'm going to land. <clears throat> it's interesting how the world could change so quickly. It was interesting how last night, Everyone's phone began to fill up just like mine that the president is about to address our nation. Something is shifting. Announcements are coming. Movements are heading towards Syria. Strikes are about to come. The world could change like that. The world could change like that. And the fruit of the Spirit is peace. The Lord wants to carry us and sustain us in His peace through whatever turbulence, storms, winds that come against us. He wants to carry us right there in His peace. The glory of God looks like something. It looks like peace holding His sons and daughters. Whatever comes what may. Regardless of whatever your eschatology is, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, pan-trib, it's all going to pan out in the end. Some of you got that. Pan-trib. Regardless of what your eschatology is, you know, you know that no man knows the day or the hour. And I'm, I am, some of you are just getting to know me or warming up. Some of you know me very well, but I'm, I'm not a knee-jerk reaction minister that suddenly this is what's happening because we've just went into Syria. Time has been moving and, and getting away from all of us what we thought we had figured out long ago. All of our own timelines that we have drawn, they've been erased long ago. And we've all sat there and go, uh-huh, 
I need to get schooled. <laughs> right? So when we approach where we are heading, we have to be very humble. We have to be very humble. Jesus said that even the Father, it, this was delegated and relegated to the highest authority of God Most High that only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. But Jesus said these words. He said, there were ten virgins. Five were sleeping, or, or ten were sleeping. Five were wise, five were foolish. And the wise virgins, they kept oil. This is what I submit to you. We have to be men and women that abide in the vine and stay with the Lord. So that we are continually fueled and filled up. And it happens by spending quality time with the Holy Spirit. And then being courageous and bold to do what He asks you to do in this hour. I celebrate what Leah is doing. It's courageous. It's courageous, as bold as lions. So we're moving into hours of uncertainty. But what is certain is that heaven and earth will pass away, yet my word shall remain forever. My word shall remain forever. We have to go on every day, every week, every month, every year, humbly before the Lord. We're not going to make it if we're not feasting on the Lord Himself. I, listen, we're not going to make it unless we're feasting on the Lord Himself. He is our strength. He is our nourishment. You're not going to be able to just survive on some good Bill Johnson sermons and some good Joseph Prince messages and whoever. You have to eat of the Lord. You have to eat of the Lord. Are you with me? Yeah, you are. This has been a powerful night. It's been a very very powerful night. It's been a very significant night. And I think I want to close with this. Don't be surprised when we access such a level of the throne of God like tonight that we move in to powerful concerts of prayer and intercession. Don't be surprised by that. Don't worry if there, there will be nights where I won't take the mic and preach because we will move into such a level of prayer and intercession for our nation, for the nations of the earth. Don't be surprised. That's where we're going. Concerts of prayer are synonymous with revival. Concerts of prayer. In every revival you study, intercession would just break out. It would be electrifying and people... They would just pray, and, and every voice was lifted in concert and thundering unto God. You study the Welsh revival. Bren was teaching this week in our revival class, and she shared how Evan Roberts showed up at a meeting in Wales, and he, there were thousands and thousands of people there, and, he, and, and Evan was supposed to get up and speak. And he came up, and he says, Do you believe the Lord is here? And everybody's thunderous. Yes! Do you believe that he says, If any two or three are gathered in His name, 
that he would be in the midst of us. The crowd went wild. Yes, thundering. He says, do you believe the Lord is here? Yes, everybody went wild. He said, good, you have no need of me. And he walked out and left the meeting. I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> Where's Brian? He said, Joey D's having pizza. <laughs> you have no need of me. I mean, can you imagine? Wild. But what happened in the Welsh Revival, they came into concerts of prayer, billowing, burning concerts of prayer for hours and hours and hours. We definitely need a property. <laughs> we need a building. Why? So we can keep burning and burning and burning where the concert of that burning and flame can grow and expand. Amen? My wife knows this is true. I won't be able to sleep tonight on a, like a night like this. I am so high. <laughs> I am so high I won't be able to sleep. We are accessing the presence of God in here, folks, in a powerful way. A powerful way. Powerful way. It's so funny. Our worship team was two voices tonight. I mean, my God, folks, I mean, we don't have a drummer, we don't have a guitarist, we don't have a bass player, we don't, we don't have a fog machine. Oh my, oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, my God. And the hunger, the hunger that is coming up out of this body is amazing. It's just amazing, and it's beautiful, and it's holy. Let's never take it for granted. Amen? Why don't you stand tonight? Praise our God. Why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord, and Brent and I just want to declare a blessing over you tonight. Honey, just join me in the front. If you just lift your hands tonight, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you to abide in the vine, to abide in the Lord, to drink of Him and feast upon Him, stay with Him. Cling to Him with all your might and strength. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Yield your life as a vessel, pure, honorable, holy, set apart unto God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we bless you. May this week, be filled with the kiss of God upon your family, your children, your dreams, your finances, the things you're believing God for in your personal walk, levels of breakthrough, intimacy with the Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be encouraged right now. <laughs> May your joy be overflowing. May your joy be overflowing. Be blessed. Be blessed. Come on, hands lifted high all over the auditorium. Be blessed. Be strengthened. Be strengthened. Oh, yeah, yeah, Lord. Oh, yeah, Lord. Don't hold back. Come on, just a few more moments. Let's just linger, linger, linger. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
Holy Spirit, woo us to Jesus. Holy Spirit, woo us to Jesus. Intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy. The secret place. The secret place with the Lord. The secret place with the Lord. Take us in, God, to the chamber of the Lord. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Oh, yeah. May this be a, a week of miracles, a week of miracles, a week of the supernatural, healing, a week of healing, deliverance, infilling of the Holy Ghost, baptisms of fire, baptisms of fire. Hallelujah, baptisms of fire. Hallelujah, yeah. Oh, yes. Step into the power of his name. Step into the authority of his name this week. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Praise our God. Amen. We love you all. My God, we love you all. Be blessed. Have an, have an amazing week. Amazing week. We love you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.